This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Women have had to, for a long time, deal with the conflict between having a career and also having a family. And one of the byproducts has been lower wages for women. But could that be leading as well to a rise in female entrepreneurship? New research paper looks at some of the data out there currently. Uh, Tian Tian Yang is uh, assistant professor of management here at the Wharton School who takes a deeper dive into this. Tian Tian, pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you. And and this becomes, I guess, a very important component uh, to where the economy is kind of headed in the years ahead with this negative of what we've seen in the workplace have over so many years potentially leading to a positive in terms of the rise of female entrepreneurship. Yes, I think that's exactly what we're trying to study. You know, in the past, when people talk about women and entrepreneurship, they typically talk about self-employed women, self-employed mothers working on a small new business while taking care of their children. Like they would have greater flexibility, but their income might be lower than wage income because they sacrifice their income for the time with their children. And the point we're trying to make in this paper is that women would start a new business by themselves when their employers start to pay them less when they become mothers. And what we're saying is women could be using entrepreneurship to overcome their earnings penalty in wage employment, but they have to be very selective in terms of the kind of business they create. They would need to create businesses Mm -hmm. that are going to be incorporated and hire employees. But the downside could be that it might intensify work-family conflict. So tell us about the the research and and what you looked at exactly and how you're able to to come to some of these uh, conclusions. Yes, so we used large matched employer-employee data from Sweden that have very detailed information on employees. We know everybody working in an organization. We know how much they are paid, their occupation, whether and when they have a child. And we then analyze, we compare the mothers and non-mothers working in the same occupation, same organization. We found that there for women who, mothers who have a larger earnings penalty, they're more likely to do two things, to, to start a new business, and the businesses tend to be uh, incorporated. And so even with that, that motherhood wage penalty, and, and obviously it'll impact women in kind of traditional uh, nine-to-five or eight-to-four jobs, it doesn't slow the want to have that success pro- professionally. That drive is still very much there. Yes, I think in the past when people talk about women and entrepreneurship, they always assume that women would sacrifice their earnings to get more flexibility because they want to reduce work-family conflict. But I think that assumption needs to be challenged. Now as more and more women become highly educated when they have now you are, nowadays if you look at the number of women having college degrees, there are more women with college degrees than men and many of them have devoted to their careers. So by the time when they have children they very committed to their careers, and when they face obstacles in wage employment, they will want to find ways to advance their careers. And the reason that 
a lot of women face motherhood earnings penalties in waiting employment. It's not because they want to cut back their work hours or they want to move to occupations that are more flexible. It's because employer discrimination. So the perception that employers have about mothers lacking working commitment to really may create a lot of earnings penalty for mothers, and many of them would want to continue to advance their careers. That's when um, they would enter entrepreneurship by creating a new business. And a lot of women are professional, managerial women, and they are the right. ones who are already com are very much committed to their careers, and they also have acquired right. the kind of skills and social connections that help them create businesses that are more, more likely to be profitable and viable so and that's what we found so how prevalent is this occurring in sweden right now what what is the type of data that you see playing out yeah the data we use are match the employer employee data that encompass that encompass the entire population of organizations in sweden so it includes the entire population of the working population, like everybody working in an organization which employment is included in our data. And, you know, when we look at this phenomenon, even motherhood earnings penalty is very pervasive. The size of the motherhood earnings penalty on average is about 5% per child. That means every time when women have a child, their earnings is going to be 5% lower than those without children. And in our analysis, we found that that's, if we control for their intentions to reduce work hours, reduce work efforts, mm -hmm. and if there's still motherhood earnings penalty, that's pretty much imposed by employers on them. That's when they are more likely to become entrepreneurs. I think if we were studying this in the United States, we would find even stronger results for two reasons. Because the work conditions in American corporations are much less compatible with family responsibilities, I would expect even more acute discrimination against mothers in wage employment in the U.S. Um, than in Sweden. And there is also so much financial resource out there for new businesses. I think the large environmental conditions are much more conducive to entrepreneurship in the U.S. than in Sweden. So I would expect a much more pronounced relationship between motherhood earnings penalty and the female entrepreneurship in the United States. So is that kind of the next natural step for you in terms of researching this is to look at the United States or or potentially even parts of Europe, other parts of Europe as well? Yeah, in other parts of Europe, they have similar data. We can try to look at cross-national studies comparing countries with different uh, work-family uh, arrangements and benefits. I think with the United States, because people are more sensitive about privacy and the government, we don't really have similar data sets in the United States, but I think it would be helpful to conduct similar research through in-depth interviews um, by talking to women with children, the kind of struggles and obstacles they face in which employment when they become mothers. And through those interviews, we'll be able to ask women, well, what are what are their approaches to career advancement? How do they perceive entrepreneurship? Um, I think that would be the approach with approach well, and, and then, in the United States. And then isn't there also the importance of, of you know, we have we probably know a lot about, you know, so-called traditional career paths uh, mm -hmm. for women. It's probably, you know, more so important these days with 
the level of entrepreneurship that we've seen play out over the last couple of decades to look at those non-traditional career paths even more. Yes, I think entrepreneurship is a very is a very culturally appealing option right now. Like even at the Warden among undergraduates, when I was teaching my career class, about a third of the students say they are very entrepreneurial. When they do um, career anchor tests, it actually shows that so many of them want to become entrepreneurs at some point of their careers. I think it's very likely that people will quit their wage job and becoming an entrepreneur at some point, especially when they are unsatisfied about their options in wage employment. And also, I think, given the kind of educational opportunities and occupational opportunities we provide, the labor markets provide to women, many of them will continue to advance their careers. I think the, the likelihood of them turning into entrepreneurship is very high. Quickly, about a minute left. Then, how, how do you think then the the growth of, of female entrepreneurship may have an impact on the pay rate in traditional nine to five jobs as we move ahead? Do you think there will be an impact? In our research, we found that especially for those who face disadvantages in wage employment, starting a new business that hires employees is a much better option for them. And we found very strong evidence for the earnings growth for those who had earnings penalty in wage employment. I think for people who have managerial skills and professional skills that allow them to start a new business and allow them to manage employees, putting a new business is a great option. It it will be more um, compelling, of course, when people face some obstacles in wage employment. I think that seems to be the case because when people talk about nine to five wage jobs, it lacks flexibility. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of them tend to be assigned to projects or job tasks that they don't find engaging or give them fewer earnings opportunities. So that's when they will go to entrepreneurship to strike on their own. Tian Tian, thank you very much. Great to have you with us. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Tian Tian Yang, Assistant Professor of Management at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.